Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puckcast. I am John. I am here with Bridget. We are here to talk about all kinds of fun things. Our trip up to St. Cloud State uh, this last weekend, uh, which was a great time. We're also going to be uh, previewing the upcoming uh, series at Baxter Arena against Minnesota Duluth. And uh, we've got a number of fun things uh, to chat about today. So before we get started on that, we've got to give a shout out to our official merchandise sponsor on the Mab Podcast this season, Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Bridge, you and I, of course, as we talk about ad nauseum on here, are always wearing uh, merchandise and gear from Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Yes. Speaking of our road trip up to St. Cloud State, there were a lot of UNO fans in attendance, a lot of player parents uh and uh, relatives in attendance, and uh, certainly uh, a number of them were sporting gear from uh, Lawler's Custom Bridge. Yes, we saw quite a few members of the Ludke family up in St. Cloud sporting 771 merchandise. And if you want to be one of them, that is uh, someone sporting 771 merchandise, not a member of the Ludke family, uh, you can pick up a snapback trucker cap or a cuffed beanie at Baxter Arena this upcoming weekend. Or you can visit the Lawler's uh, store for the Lugkey Brothers or under UNO Mavericks, Lugkey Brothers NIL on the Lawler's Custom website. Uh, as we mentioned before, a very supportive family, but a number of uh, number of great parents uh, up there this weekend. Be sure to visit lawlerscustom.com online, their brick and mortar store on 84th Street and the booth at the upcoming series at Baxter Arena this uh, upcoming weekend. Before we talk about uh, that series uh, against Minnesota Duluth, we've got to talk about our series up at St. Cloud State against uh, against the Huskies. Big road matchup for UNO. They were playing on the big ice up there, playing on the Olympic ice sheet. Uh, they are the only team in the conference to still have uh the bigger ice. Uh, so it's always an interesting experience uh, for the players to get to play on that. And uh, going into that Friday game, you and I were both hopeful that UNO would have some success. We both picked splits this weekend. Uh, and in that first period on Friday, St. Cloud State led one to nothing uh, on a goal by Adam Ingram. It was one to nothing St. Cloud after the first period. But that second period Friday night bridge was a scoring explosion. Uh, certainly UNO moved the puck better than they did during the first period. Uh, they put pressure on St. Cloud in our offensive zone. Uh, I thought it was some of their best offensive work of the season. Uh, but 534 into that period, uh, Ingram gets his second goal of the night on the power play to put St. Cloud up two to nothing. Jesse Lansdell had taken a hooking call, which put uh, Omaha on the penalty kill and uh, a dangerous team like St. Cloud. You can't give them that opportunity or they're going to capitalize on it. But 8.07 into the second, Jack Randall gets the first goal for UNO. He narrows the lead to 2-1. to one. Sullivan sets it up with a nifty pass across the crease. 2-1 to one Huskies. Uh, but boy, 11.02 into the second period, Zach Okabe puts St. Cloud up. Three to one. It was just like a, a pendulum here, back and forth and back and forth because 1352 into the second. Jimmy Glenn narrows the lead to three to two bridge. Uh good to see Glenn uh, get a goal. 
Yeah, St. Cloud had turned the puck over in their own defensive zone, and uh, Jimmy Glenn was able to hammer it home with a little help from Zach Erdahl, who was screening Bassey. So again, uh, they got down, but they came right back and uh, got another goal. 1645 into the period. St. Cloud's Barrett Hall puts the Huskies up four to two. Every time this happened, Bridge, I kept thinking, well, this is the dagger. This is it for UNO. They're down by two again. Can they come back? I didn't think they could, but uh, but 1708 into the second. Omaha's Jacob Gavin narrows the lead to four to three. Uh, good to see uh, Gavin have some offensive success. For sure. And, you know, uh, Tanner Ludke really had a key play on that. He brought the puck in across the line and did kind of a slow toe drag. And uh, Gavin just uh, was able to poke it in. So now it's 4-3 St. Cloud. <laughs> and the scoring doesn't end there. 14 seconds later, UNO defenseman Nolan Krenzen ties the game up 4-4. Four four. Uh, great goal for the defenseman. His parents were in attendance as well. Uh, uh, and he had a nice weekend up in St. Cloud. He sure did. And boy, what a slick pass by Slipek to make that goal happen. Absolutely right. So UNO ties the game up. It's four to four. Uh, and then late in that second period, uh, St. Cloud's Mason Solswist puts the Huskies up five to four. Yeah. So at the end of two, uh, Omaha had scored four goals. St. Cloud had scored four goals, but it was five to four. St. Cloud leading, but I still felt like we were in this thing. Absolutely right. As Bridget knows, I love to have to do a rundown of a period where eight goals are scored. Uh, not only is it hard to talk about, it's also hard to edit in, you know, footage and player cards and things like that. But uh, but it was a lot of fun to uh, to be in the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center uh, and, and watch a period like that. Uh, third period Friday, 72 seconds into the third, UNO's Jack Randall. Ties it up for the Mavs on a breakaway. Boy, five to five, UNO. Um, 30 seconds later, Omaha's Ray Fust puts UNO ahead for the first time in the game. UNO leads six to five at that point. You and I are hoping that that lead holds as we're sitting there in the arena. But you kept saying to me, John, I don't know if it's going to be enough. I don't know if it's going to hold. I think St. Cloud has another one in them. I was right. Uh, Omaha had some chances, of course, before that goal to take us ahead six to five. Bremer had some chances and then uh, Rollwagon dumped it on net from the blue line and Fuss just got the tip. Like I said, throughout the whole game, this was a, a crazy, crazy game and they weren't done yet. Yeah, great pass by Rollwagon who fired it up the slot, as you mentioned, from the Quick Trip logo. Um, a little over halfway through the third frame, uh, St. Cloud's Dylan Anhorn ties it up. Uh, Dylan is uh, one of their uh, Hobie Baker candidates, Bridge. Yeah, we heard his name way too much this weekend. If, if I never hear it again this season, it'll be too soon. <laughs> so the game was tied six to six. Lots of excitement the rest of that, uh, the rest of that third period. And uh, there was something of a controversial call uh, toward the end of regulation. Yeah, uh, there was a stoppage in play and Omaha challenged a call on Jesse Lansdell that happened right in front of the St. Cloud bench. Uh, he took a hit to the head, but uh, after a lengthy review in which the uh, St. Cloud announcers felt sure that it was going to be called a major penalty, the officials came back on the ice and uh, deemed that there was no penalty at all, which, you know, if there had been a major called at that point, 
with three minutes left in the game, that certainly might have changed the complexion of the rest of regulation. It was quite a hit that Lansdale uh, received uh, near the blue line there. Uh, I remember commenting on that when we were uh, sitting there uh, watching that. So the game was tied 6-6 to uh, at the end of regulation. The game goes into overtime, uh, and the Mavs get a power play opportunity uh, early in overtime, Bridge. I said I didn't want to mention Dylan Anhorn's name again, but uh, thankfully he was the one that took a penalty. Um, I believe that the officials felt that he didn't do enough to stop his momentum uh, and crashed into Lacozzi in the net. And as a result, uh, Omaha had a rare overtime power play, putting them four on three uh, in that overtime period. 39 seconds into overtime. Tanner Ludke gets the game winners assist to his brother Griffin Ludke and Matt Miller. The Mavs win an exciting game, seven to six. Certainly early on in that game, we thought that uh, St. Cloud might come out and roll. Omaha has been great in those close games this year. Uh, One of the things that I really noticed on Friday night, especially was the uh, defensemen jumping into the play. You had Gavin and LeMay and Mancini and Proctor all with shots on goal. They did win the faceoff battle, and that was a key component for the Mavs as getting the control of the puck helped uh, negate some of those situations where St. Cloud's speed really could have uh, put them ahead. Yeah, UNO moved the puck uh, around well uh, during uh, the second and third period of that game and uh, certainly over time. So uh, so good performance for UNO. Uh, you know, scoring uh, has kind of come in dribs and drabs this season, so uh, it was nice to see uh, the floodgates open a little bit, although I was worried going into Saturday night that they wouldn't have any more goals uh, left on the weekend. Uh, interesting game going in. Uh, Goaltender Seth Isley was in net for UNO, uh, the big veteran who transferred in from Lake Superior State. We've enjoyed uh, watching him uh, in uh, net this season when he's had an opportunity for UNO. And St. Cloud started uh, a different goaltender, too. They did not start Dominic Bassey on Saturday night. They started redshirt freshman James Gray, uh, who was getting his first collegiate action. Uh, both of them big, tall goaltenders. So that definitely made things interesting heading into that first period. Uh, 356 into the first, uh, St. Cloud Zach Okabe uh, gets the first goal of the game. It looked like Seth Isley had it stopped between his blocker pads. Uh, but it just slid through into the goal. Somebody called it on Twitter a leaker, and I think that that's probably a, an accurate term for it. It just kind of leaked across the goal line, um, and I know Seth would love to have that one back. That's a tough situation to be in. Uh, we, we've seen those over the years. You think you've got it stopped, and then it just trickles right in. So uh, tough break for UNO, but uh, but uh, Seth had a... Seth had a good night. Uh, The Mavs had a goal opportunity uh, in the period, but it was called back due to uh, offsides. Beautiful goal by Joe LeMay. Uh, There was challenged by St. Cloud for offsides with about uh, seven minutes left in the first period. And gosh, you know, that could have just been a heartbreaker for the Mavs if uh, they had not been able to recover from that challenge being successful. It was a situation where... uh, 
Tanner Ludke was headed into the zone, but he was kind of uh, skating backwards into the zone and he entered the offensive zone just before the puck did. So uh, it's a tough break for UNO, but uh, like you mentioned, a beautiful opportunity there for uh, for Joe LeMay, uh, a beautiful backhand opportunity. So it was one to nothing, St. Cloud after one, just like Friday night. <laughs> we were wondering if it was going to be a, an eight goal uh, scoring fest in the second period, but it was not to be um, a few seconds into the period. St. Cloud nearly took a two to nothing lead, but it was called back for offsides, a, a very uh, similar placement of that uh, offsides call. Yeah. And the very interesting from that standpoint is that it took a long time to review the LeMay goal uh, for the challenge, but this one, the officials came back fairly quickly and, and ruled it no goal for St. Cloud, much to the chagrin of the many St. Cloud fans in attendance. 9.30 into the second period, uh, Omaha's Matt Miller ties it up on the power play. Uh, Miller's shot banks off the skates of uh, St. Cloud's Cooper Wiley, uh, and it goes in the net. So kind of a funky, fluky little goal, but uh, we'll take it, Bridge. Good for Matt Miller to be in the right place at the right time. So it was one-to-one after uh, the uh, second period, uh, all knotted up going into that third period. Uh, UNO had several opportunities in the third period, as did St. Cloud. Yeah, shots were 30-21 at the end of regulation for both teams. And uh, Omaha had narrowed that quite a bit, but again, got wildly outshot by the Huskies on the weekend. Yep. So the game uh, stays knotted one-to-one after regulation. Once again, we're going to overtime. Uh, Those three-on-three overtimes are always stressful, especially when you are on the road. There were some great opportunities for UNO. Tanner Ludke had an opportunity off of a a steal that uh, Matt Miller got uh, in the closing seconds. We were all saying that he should have just shot it instead of passing it back. Uh, but he was being unselfish, and in that moment, I wish he'd been selfish and just uh, put the shots on uh, goaltender James Gray. Yeah, uh, you and I both made that comment, like, just shoot the puck. But, you know, got to love it when the guys are looking for opportunities to to help their uh, line mates look good. Uh, there were lots of Mavs that had opportunities in that overtime. Mueller had a chance after a St. Cloud turnover. Randall got a chance on three-on-three close in. Uh, but they just couldn't quite get there. They also got some puck left, though, because uh, St. Cloud whiffed on a couple of shots, too. So the game was tied after the three-on-three overtime in the NCAA record books. It goes down as a tie in conference play. Each team gets one conference point. Uh, So the game went to a shootout to determine who got the extra conference point. Ty Mueller scores the first shot for UNO in that shootout. Seth Isley stopped all three St. Cloud shots. UNO gets the extra point. As I mentioned, the game officially goes down as a tie, uh, but UNO uh, gets the extra conference point, gets four of six points on the weekend. So a really good uh, performance for UNO uh, up at St. Cloud. Yeah, Omaha improved to 2-0 in conference play shootouts, uh, ironically, with both of those wins coming against St. Cloud State. So again, huge weekend for the Mavericks to get four out of six conference points and uh, continue the march towards the top of the conference standings. 
So we've got to pick our players of the week, Bridge. Who did you like? Boy, there was a lot of good performances, uh, especially when you're dealing with a game where 13 goals are scored, uh, certainly from an offensive perspective. Uh, lots of great performances, uh, two good performances in net, and uh, a lot of guys uh, who contributed who uh, did well as well. Certainly a lot of players to pick from this week. It was a difficult choice, uh, but my pick is graduate forward Jack Randall. Uh, you had actually picked Jack Randall as your player of the week when we faced Duluth last December. So this is kind of fitting going into UMD weekend. Um, last year, of course, Randall was a stalwart for the Mavs. He appeared in all 37 games. This year, this season, he uh, had a little bit of an injury bug that bit him last weekend against Denver. He was not in Friday night's game. Uh, I certainly think that we could have used him in that contest because uh, he is heating up at just the right time. Randall had two goals out of the seven on Friday night. It was Randall's first goal on Friday night that got the Mavs back in the game after St. Cloud had gone up two to nothing. Um, and then he had that unassisted goal in the third period that tied the game 5-5. And uh, although he didn't appear on the score sheet on Saturday night, he did have a shorthanded chance late in the first period on Saturday during that Lansdale roughing penalty. So both for his performance on and off the score sheet, Jack Randall gets my nod for player of the week. Yeah, Jack Randall, uh, when I picked him uh, during the Duluth series back in December, uh, he had the big game winner uh, during the Saturday night game in that series. So uh Clutch goal in that series, uh, and he came up big uh, in the series against St. Cloud. Uh, as you mentioned, he had two goals uh, on Friday. He is third on the team in points with nine goals and six assists. Uh, so a big weekend from him. Always good to see uh, our veterans perform. Uh, I Like I said, there were a lot of guys to choose from and I'm sitting here and I still haven't decided uh, which of the players uh, I'm going to pick. Uh, certainly Seth Isley had a solid performance uh, on the weekend. Uh, he's a tall goaltender, like I mentioned with a long wingspan. Uh, and I think that really helped you and on Saturday, he stopped 31 shots uh, and stopped all three of St. Cloud's uh, shots in the shootout. Uh, and he has a 2.61 goals against average and a 0.905 save percentage. But for the third weekend in a row, I've got to go with Tanner Ludke. Certainly uh, Tanner has had some success the past uh, few series. He extends his point streak to seven games. Uh, he had one goal and two assists on the weekend. He is second on the team in points with seven goals and 11 assists. Uh, just uh, a great performance uh, by Tanner this weekend up at St. Cloud Bridge. Yeah, uh, we had talked, of course, with his, about his offensive performance with the Lincoln Stars last season, and uh, he has certainly picked up the pace since the turning of the calendar on January 1st. And he has two power play goals on the season as well, both in the last two series, including that game winner in overtime on Friday night. So if they can keep him producing, that's going to bode really, really well for the Mavs down the stretch. Yeah. Like I mentioned, a number of guys had great performances. Uh, senior Matt Miller had one goal and assist uh, during the weekend. He's been banged up uh, this season, but had a really nice series at St. Cloud. 
Uh, as you mentioned uh, during the uh, series breakdown, Ty Mueller continues his point streak, uh, six games so far. He had two assists this weekend. Uh, he leads the team in points with eight goals and 13 assists. Uh, Ty Mueller's a, a Hobie Baker candidate, Bridge. You are correct, John. Ty Mueller has been selected as a Hobie Baker candidate. And uh, we're going to give you guys the information. John will put it on screen on how you can vote for the Hobie Baker because college hockey fans do get input into this round of the selection process. Uh, they were nominated by college coaches for the respective school, and then the fans get input into this round of voting. So you can go to HobieBaker.com slash awards slash vote for Hobie. Uh, you can vote once a day. You have to log in to the site, but logging in gets you a chance to win a signed puck from the Hobie Baker winner, which will be announced at the Frozen Four. So vote for Ty Mueller for Hobie Baker each and every day. Nolan Sullivan, uh, our captain, is uh, up for the Hockey Humanitarian Award. Uh, you know, one of the original Mavericks, uh, Jason Cup, received the Hockey Humanitarian Award when uh, he was at UNO uh, years and years ago. And uh, you and I actually ran into Jason Cup's dad when we were uh, up in Duluth for uh, that series up there uh, back in December. Yeah, so cool to see uh, Mr. Cup again after so many years. And so fitting that uh, Nolan Sullivan is up for this award. Um, for those who aren't familiar with the Hockey Humanitarian Award, uh, there's only 18 athletes that are nominated for this award, and that's across genders and divisions. So great uh, opportunity for Nolan here. Uh, it's presented annually to College Hockey's Finest Citizen. And in researching this segment, I learned a lot more about Nolan's efforts that led him to be nominated for this award. Uh, for example, did you know that when he was a freshman, he shaved his head in a show of support for a children's cancer fundraiser? I did not know that. I certainly didn't remember that uh, happening. So uh, that is very, very cool. Uh, seems like just a top-notch individual. It's really important when you have a leadership team like we have with not just Nolan Sullivan, but uh, Matt Miller and Jack Randall. It makes a it makes a big difference on the team. So uh, certainly a great honor for him, and uh, fingers crossed that he is uh, given the Hockey Humanitarian Award this year. Yep, they'll announce the finalists for the award in February, and then they will announce the recipient of the award uh, during Frozen Four weekend. So good luck, Nolan. Good luck to Nolan uh, on the. Uh, Hockey Humanitarian Award, and Ty Mueller on the uh, Hobie Baker Award. Uh, continued success for both of them. But turning to our Things You Missed in St. Cloud. And there were a lot of fun things that you missed if you were not in St. Cloud. Uh, one of the things that we really enjoyed on Saturday night, uh, one of the uh, off-duty police officers that was... Uh, at the game, monitoring the visitor section. The Erdahl family was sitting in the front row of uh, the visitor section on Saturday night. They loaned the cop for a brief moment, uh, UNO stocking cap and uh, Zach Erdahl jersey that one of the family members was wearing to put on briefly during the game. We found out that the cop was originally from Plattsmouth, Nebraska, which for those who are not from Nebraska is just a uh, a short drive south uh, of the Omaha metro area bridge. Yeah, that was a cute moment. And I'm so glad that uh, we were able to capture that because, again, it's just one of those fun things about being 
a fan on the road, being able to have a positive interaction with the event staff. It was great. And uh, the security people are not just there to monitor us. They're there to monitor the St. Cloud fans uh, as well. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, Bill Pickett brought up two vans of students. Bill is UNO's director of spirit, tradition, and signature events. You know me and how much I love to start cheers and to have 15 students who are willing to scream loudly like I am. It's just a dream come true for me. Yeah, normally we go on the road trips and it's just the two of us. And Bridget always likes to cheer loudly, even when it's just the two of us. And I'm super self-conscious about it the entire game because she feels like she has to project like she's an entire cheering section of 50 people. So she was uh, very happy to participate and lead some of the cheers. But one of the things that was really neat, uh, Friday night uh, after that thrilling overtime win, the students wanted to go out and uh, congratulate the players on the win. And and they uh, asked you, Bridge, if you knew where the bus was uh, at the arena. I am always paying attention, John. And so when we walked into the Herb Brooks Hockey Center, I noticed the Windstar bus was parked off to the side of the arena. So when Bill asked, uh, you know, where the where the team came out. I told him, you know, that the Windstar bus was parked outside. So the students came up with this idea that they wanted to go out and celebrate and congratulate the team. And we headed out afterwards uh, to meet up with them in the 30 degree temperatures. It was kind of an ill thought out plan. We didn't have any idea how long it would take for the team to come out. And those students being young, uh, about half of them didn't have warm winter gear on so it was kind of a chilly wait for them at that point yeah the boys who were wearing the red and black stripe coveralls um decided to go without shirts this weekend you know it's you're young you're tough you're a fan of your team um i appreciate that i like the way that they represent although i would never do that um because i was freezing uh as we were standing out there and that was not a lot of fun but the team eventually came out and dribs and drabs the students uh were able to fist bump the players uh congratulate them give them high fives that was really cool the students wanted to sing the fight song for the players it kind of reminded me of when we went up to augustana back uh back in november for uno's uh game up there where uh, a group of our fans actually sang the fight song in the lobby after UNO won the game. Certainly the players and the coaches weren't around for that, but uh, the students wanted to sing the fight song for the players, uh, Bridge. Yep, and uh, when Coach Gabinette came out, I mentioned that to him. I asked if we could have the the students come and stand by the door to the bus where the players were, were already on the bus and sing, and he said, uh, I'll go get them. And so he went and got the players off the bus. And when he came up to me, he said, they want to sing the fight song with the students. And oh my gosh, this is going to be a memory for those students for the rest of their lives. Get the boots moving, Kurt! 
Sully started. Sully started. Sully. Three, two, one. We will fight, fight, fight for We will fight, fight, fight for team Everyone knows that the whole whistle blows. We will shout, we will yell, we will scream, go pass. We will fight, fight, fight for our We will try so hard, we will know. We will run to the car, walk from the hall. We will fight for you and Talking about the leadership of uh, Nolan Sullivan, Matt Miller, and Jack Randall, uh, those guys uh, really uh, advocated and lobbied for this to happen. Uh, and it's a neat experience for the students. You know, when you and I were students at UNO back in the 1990s, they didn't do this type of thing for students. We never went on road trips to watch the team. We'd go to some of the UNO football games, but there was so much apathy around UNO athletics during those years. It's so nice to see somebody like Bill Pickett in a position where he can foster fan support uh, from the students because we've known a number of students over the past decade uh, who, as they've graduated from UNO, they become diehard fans because of these fan experiences as students. Uh, it's great how they interact with fans at Baxter Arena after the post-game fight song celebration. You know, when we did our Mav Puck bus trips back in the days, I remember when we took a group of 50 up to East Lansing for a series and UNO swept that series and our group of 50, they were loud, they were raucous, they did a great job. And I remember after that series, after the sweep, uh, Coach Kemp came out to our bus and uh, thanked the fans for coming and, and uh, congratulated them for uh, a great performance in the stands. Uh, and it was just neat to have that kind of support. You know, it makes such a difference, too, when you've made that that drive. And it's it's only six hours up to St. Cloud, but uh, it's kind of a long and, and boring drive to have the players acknowledge the efforts of their classmates in making that trip up there and uh, participate in that joint fight song celebration, both Friday and Saturday night. is just such a cool opportunity for those students. And, and like you said, has the opportunity to get them involved in UNO athletics for life. So I really appreciate the efforts of all of the student athletes, uh, also the staff that helped make it possible. Uh, Hockey SID Austin Rush was communicating with me to help us kind of figure out when the players were going to come out. And in fact, he came out on Friday night and said it was going to be a while. So Bill Pickett and uh, Casey Wells and you pulled the vehicles up so we could all stay warm at least uh, in those 30 degree wind chills. And uh, also Brian Suslow on Saturday night helped coordinate that. And of course, Coach Gabinet. We really appreciate, again, all of the people that made that possible because it was truly a unique moment. In addition to, uh, to the fight song celebration, which was a fun extracurricular activity uh, for us uh, to be in attendance and to be able to document. Uh, we went to the St. Cloud women's hockey game on Saturday afternoon. This was recommended by uh, St. Cloud state hockey, super fan uh, Johnny McMahon, 
who is Fight the Pants on Twitter. We interact with him and a number of St. Cloud fans who are just great on Twitter every season. Uh, uh, his hospitality was great. Uh, he was giving us a rundown on some of the interesting aspects of the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center. He works some of the games. So during the Saturday night game, he was working, uh, but his hospitality was great. Uh, he brought you and I a couple of St. Cloud State's uh, official game pucks as a souvenir. So that was very cool. But he suggested that we come to the St. Cloud women's hockey game on Saturday afternoon. It was at one o'clock. Uh, he thought we might enjoy it. Uh, he's a big fan. Uh, I see him posting on Twitter about uh, the women's team all the time. Uh, what did you think of the women's? That was the first time we'd attended a women's collegiate hockey game. It was neat. Uh, one thing I learned is that the St. Cloud men's hockey season ticket holders get free tickets to the women's games, uh, up to four per season ticket holder. Uh, we paid $10 each, which I was happy to pay. But we learned a lot, obviously, about this matchup. We ran into one of the St. Cloud player parents at our hotel, uh, number 21, uh, Avery Myers. And she's a senior. It just happened to be senior day for the women's team. Uh, we were also staying at the team hotel for Ohio State's uh, women's program. So we got to see them come in after practices. Uh, we just had all kinds of connections to that game before we even went to it. And uh, in a little bit of kismet, I was taking video for today's edition of the Mav Puckcast and just happened to catch this goal from uh, St. Cloud's women's team scoring the first goal of the game. Like you mentioned, we uh, we were staying with Ohio State, which I think they are. I know they're the top rated team uh, in the WCHA, but I think they might be uh, the top rated team in the country. And uh, they were staying at our hotel. And when we went down for uh, the free breakfast uh, at our hotel, they were coming in and they were chanting something about waffles. So I don't know what that was all about, but uh, it was kind of cute. I thought St. Cloud was going to be able to pull that game out, but they weren't. Uh, during both intermissions uh, of that women's game, I was trying to get my steps in. So I uh, did laps around the arena. And uh, what's really cool about the Herbrooks National Hockey Center, one of the things that we mentioned before this season on the Mav podcast is the fact that they've got a lot of team memorabilia and they have a, a Hobie Baker award uh, in the arena. And uh, it's really cool to see that hockey team history. You know, Omaha Lancer fans might remember uh, the player Doobie Westcott, uh, who played back in the 1990s uh, for uh, the Lancer organization here in Omaha. And uh, he played for St. Cloud. Uh, his Columbus Blue Jackets jersey was ensconced on one of the walls in the concourse. And there were a number of NHLers who had their jerseys up uh, in the concourse. There was just a lot of really cool memorabilia there, Bridge. Yep. And Doobie is groovy. Doobie is groovy. Doobie was also better than a movie. I don't know who that fan was who made signs for Doobie Westcott when he was with the Lancers, but you and I went to a lot of uh, Lancer games uh, back during that era. And uh, it was fun to see that Jersey. It reminded me of those years. So uh, very cool as always a great time uh, traveling up to St. Cloud. One of our favorite uh, road trips. We've been there three previous times and uh we really enjoy interacting uh, with the St. Cloud fans on Twitter of the NCHC fans. They're one of our favorite uh, fan bases and uh, great to see uh, Johnny Mack there. Uh, he's come down uh, to Baxter Arena for a number of series. He came down when uh, UNO was playing uh, Miami uh, 
one weekend. So uh, it's been nice to get to know him on social media and in person. And we also got to meet uh, another St. Cloud fan that we've interacted with on Twitter, Eric, who does not have his last name on his Twitter account. So my apologies, Eric, but uh, good, solid St. Cloud fan uh, that we got to meet uh, and got to get a, a picture with this weekend. And uh, the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center fantastic venue as i mentioned before lots of memorabilia in the facility there's a big bronze statue of her brooks out in front of the arena that you and i took a selfie with so cool town cool environment to go to and uh we're looking forward to going again in the future bridge we'll be there so turning to our next series uh it's another uh key conference series against the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. As I mentioned earlier, the Mavs got four points, four conference points uh, during that uh, series up at St. Cloud. We're currently sitting in seventh place in the NCHC with 15 points. We are five points behind sixth place Minnesota Duluth and seven points behind fifth place western michigan uh and we play both of those teams the next two weekends so we've got an opportunity here to make up some points and we don't want to look ahead too far here but uh western michigan is headed to denver so the Mavs have an opportunity that four point weekend uh was big for them uh they just got to continue chipping away bridge uh north dakota is Tops in the conference with 32 points. And St. Cloud, who we just played, is in second place with 28. Uh, so UNO right now is, you know, 10 points ahead of Miami in seventh place. Not the best position to be in, but uh, they've certainly got some opportunities here, Bridge. Critical conference points on the line, uh, especially these next two weekends with an opportunity to make up some ground on both Duluth and Western. Uh, but like I said before, this is the time of the year where the top half of the pack tends to separate from the bottom half. So we definitely want to be moving towards that top half as we get down the stretch here. Absolutely right. Uh, the Bulldogs uh, have won four of their last six games. So they're starting to heat up. They're still a very young team. Uh, they swept Miami last weekend uh, up in Duluth. They've gotten points in each of their conference series since the first of the year. Uh, UMD is 10, 11, and 4 overall, and 6, 7, and 1 in conference play. You know, when we played them back in December on that great trip uh, that you and I took up uh, took up to Duluth, they were 3, 7, and 3 going into that series. And since our series, which we split with them, they have gone 6, 4, and 1. Uh like I mentioned, a young team. I was talking uh, via DM with uh, Bidco on Twitter, who is a Minnesota Luth fan, who gave us some insights on that team the last time uh, we played them uh, this season. Uh, he was talking about how uh, the team is starting to heat up. Uh, they performed really well last weekend, despite being without their top three centers bridge. When we talk about the players to watch, I'll have something to say about that. But they seem to do this every year. They kind of get hot right after the the first of the year as we get into the meat of the conference season. I say this all the time, but special teams especially are going to be critical for this series. UMD has successfully killed the last 25 penalties that they have faced, including a five-minute major against Miami on Saturday night. They're uh, actually 19th in the nation on the penalty kill, uh, while Omaha is tied for 43rd. So special teams are going to be 
hugely important this weekend. We say it all the time, but Omaha definitely needs to stay out of the box. Yeah, absolutely right. And you never know what our scoring is going to be like. And our you know, success on the power play has been spotty this season. So it'll be very interesting to see how the special teams uh, battle goes this weekend uh, with Minnesota Duluth. Uh, Duluth is currently number 26 in the pairwise rankings. Um, Pairwise rankings, uh, for those who are not familiar, matches the formula that the NCAA uses uh, to determine teams for uh, the NCAA tournament because it's all math in college hockey. There are no, you know, people in cigar smoke filled rooms uh, determining this it's all based on mathematical calculations uh omaha moved up a spot this week to number 19 in the pairwise ranking so we're getting close to that top 16 and like i mentioned uh last week you really need to be in the top 13 or 14 to get an at-large berth to the ncaa tournament so they need to continue having success And uh, the Bulldogs' success certainly starts uh, at the top with veteran head coach Scott Sandlin. He was coach of that program when Mike Gabinette was a player on the Maverick hockey team. So uh, he is 454, 379, and 99. It's a lot of games uh, for uh, Scott Sandlin, Bridge. Uh, Definitely led them to a couple of national titles and always seems to get the most out of his players come uh, that second half stretch of the season. Never underestimate those teams. Uh, players to watch, as you mentioned, uh, certainly uh, the player that I think fans are all going to be watching this weekend uh, is Ben Steves. Uh, the sophomore forward leads the Bulldogs in points with 21 goals and eight assists. And then a player I'm keeping my eye on because uh, I was impressed with his performance uh, when we were up in Duluth back in December is a uh, freshman defenseman, Aaron Pionk. He has one goal and 13 assists. Uh, he was a solid blue liner uh, when he played in the USHL uh, for the Waterloo Blackhawks. Bridge, do you have any players that you're keeping an eye on this weekend uh, in the series against Duluth? Yes, uh, definitely Ben Steves. Uh, He's a sophomore, but boy, he is really coming in hot this year. He and Denver's Jack Devine each have 21 goals, and uh, he is tied for most goals and power play goals in the NCAA. So he's definitely on my watch list. Also, uh, big news since the last time we played Duluth is that sophomore forward Cole Spicer had been ruled academically ineligible for the second half of the season. So he would have been on my players to watch list, but uh, the fourth round pick of the Boston Bruins is not going to be in the lineup for the Bulldogs this weekend, which I think helps us. Uh, I'm also interested to see which goaltender that we get. Um, When we were up in Duluth in December, senior goaltender Zach Saiskal got both starts in net. He's a big guy. He's six foot five, so definitely fills the net. Uh, or we might see Matthew Thiessen. Fun fact about Thiessen is he had an assist against us in a game in November 2022. So no matter which goalie we get, I think we're going to get the best of the Duluth netminders. But uh, we'll just have to see what our Mavs have to say about that. Yeah, both of those goaltenders have seen time in nets uh, for the Bulldogs. And so, uh, as you mentioned, it will be interesting to see who we see. Uh, certainly, we were thrown a curve up at St. Cloud this last weekend when uh, the redshirt freshman who had not seen collegiate action 
gets in the game. So this time of year, there's lots of uh, strategery uh, to coin a phrase from Saturday Night Live that uh, goes on with these teams as they're trying to get the most uh, out of the skaters up front. So you never know who uh, we'll see in nets uh, for uh, for the Bulldogs, and you don't know who we'll see uh, in nets uh, for UNO. Uh, you assume it's going to be Simon Lacozzi and Seth Isley, but, uh, but you never know uh, if you'll see one or both or... If Will Craig will get in the net. (laughs) Yeah, if Will Craig will get in the net. You know, who knows? Uh, But Bridge, a big series uh, coming up uh, here at Baxter Arena against Minnesota Duluth. This time of year, it's always fun, but man, it goes by fast. So uh, for the fans and for the players, you know, time is starting to dwindle down this season. uh, So UNO has an opportunity to get some critical points, make a move and do it uh, in the comfortable confines of Baxter Arena. What do you think is going to happen? What's your prediction for the series? Do you think UNO is going to sweep? Do you think they're going to get swept? Do you think they split? Do you think something funky happens like a win and a tie? Or what do you think is going to happen this weekend uh, against uh, Minnesota Duluth? Well, UMD is getting hot, but uh, I really like the fire that we had last weekend. I'm going to say that it's a sweep for the Mavericks in a couple of close games. But again, Omaha has to stay out of the box, and we definitely need some offense going. Um, Friday night is pro night on the Omaha hockey promotional schedule. It's an opportunity for Omaha hockey fans to showcase their favorite pro teams, we've been told. So where you're Uh, pro gear and uh, hopefully the Mavs can take two from the Bulldogs yeah I'm looking forward to seeing all of those UNO fans who own Jake Gensel Pittsburgh Penguins jerseys because there's a lot of them out there Bernie uh, we're talking to you yeah Bernie is a big Jake Gensel fan and I know he has a a Penguins Gensel jersey so uh so they're going to be fans who enjoy that uh like you I like that optimistic pick for the series bridge. I'm going to pick a sweep for UNO. You know, they have not gotten a sweep in NCHC play, but uh, when you saw how hard the guys worked up at St. Cloud this last weekend, uh, getting the win on Friday night, getting the tie on Saturday night, and then the shootout win, they're right on the cusp of doing that. UNO under coach Gabinet has been a solid home team during his tenure. Like I said, uh, Minnesota Duluth has been playing better in the second half of this season, but you know, there's an opportunity against this team. They're not, uh, you know, one of the uh, offensive juggernauts like North Dakota or Denver this season. So uh, UNO has an opportunity if they can play smart, stay out of the box, Uh, and get some pressure in the offensive zone. Uh, We saw that from UNO when they had success this weekend at St. Cloud, and really when you look back at a number of series this season. So Bridget and I are both picking sweeps on the weekend. Uh, It should be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Of course, we want all of you out there at Baxter Arena for the series. The Friday game starts at 7.37 p.m., The Saturday game starts at 7.07 p.m. Friday, if you want to watch the game, it will be on CBS Sports Network. So it will not be on NCHC TV as it normally would be. Uh, The Saturday game will be at 7.07 p.m. But again, remember, Friday game starts 30 minutes later. And you can also listen to the games locally on the radio here in Omaha at 1290 Coil. Uh, 
They're also broadcast uh, on the Varsity Network app. Mike Valencourt will have the call. He's, as always, joined by uh, Terry Leahy, who will provide great color commentary on the game. So it should be a fun series. Uh, Looking forward to seeing uh, everybody out there. Um, Be sure to follow Mav Puck on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We will have updates, as always, during this series. And if you want to listen to... uh, back episodes of the map podcast or watch back episodes of the map podcast which i encourage you to do because i spend a lot of time uh putting these uh videos together for youtube you can find links to back episodes at mavpuck.com but until next time bridge go mavs go mavs